Yeah, it, you know, we agonized over it and we couldn't decide on it. I haven't told anybody this, but the way we ended up <laughs> picking it was we had a fish tank at headquarters that had a couple different sides and we wrote the different names that we were thinking of, the candidates on each side of the fish tank. And then whichever whichever side the fish went to, we <laughs> that's the one we went with. So lockers it is. Welcome back to Winning at Work. It's season three, the podcast for the food and beverage and CPG world. I'm Jennifer Lee, Tony's new marketing sidekick and creative guru. I'll attempt to keep him on track as we discover the ideas and strategies behind all these different, better, and special brands. Oh, good luck keeping me on track, but I am really stoked to have you on the team, Jennifer. Your background in marketing and SEO and socials, we are going to have so much fun this year. We're going to be discovering the new brands here in 2023. It's all about functional, good-for-you lifestyle brands. Those are trending. Those are the products that are gaining market share and really pulling away from those old legacy brands. We're going to have each and every one of those brands down on the podcast to talk to us, to share their ideas, their inspiration, so you, the entrepreneur, so you, the food and beverage and CPG professional, can take these new ideas in and incorporate them into your business and into your life. Oh my gosh, Tony, I'm seriously so excited. I feel like I learn so much just from listening to older episodes. Well, that's why we're here. And if this is your first time here, I would recommend, look, go back, take the five episode challenge, pick a brand, pick a CEO, an entrepreneur, dive in, listen to what it is that they're teaching us. If you love the content, subscribe. We hope you're along with us for the journey each and every week. By the way, do you have a favorite brand in your market you would love for us to amplify on this national platform? Reach out to us on LinkedIn and stay tuned for this week's episode. Hey, it's Jennifer. We get it. Everyone hates hiring. Inspired by his guests, Tony created a novel talent acquisition program that attracts the hidden candidate market, the 70% of people that are not actively applying to jobs. Click on the attract link in the show notes to watch a demo. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. It is Tony. And look, everyone knows we are really on the cuffs now of spring. And um, I guess the big question is, when are grapes, you know, in harvest? When does that come around? Because the, the wine industry is, it's enormous. And I had the I had the pleasure of meeting, I think, a really cool, really innovative company that's got a new spin, I think, on selling and distributing wine. I want to call you Agent Crew, but come on, I th- are, are we going to stick with that or are we going to go or should I tell people your real name? I kind I kind of like Agent Crew. Hey, I've been undercover for five years, Tony. So uh, most people in the industry just know me as Crew these days. It's kind of wild. Crew. Okay. Well, we're not even going to mention the uh, birth certificate name. We'll just skip. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, no. Hey, got to live the life of a spy. You got to live the life of the spy, which is, and we're talking about wine spies. And I've got Agent Crew, or as he's known in the industry as Crew. Um, so Crew, you got to tell me. So I'm just curious how big is the wine industry, right? You've got a huge platform you're selling through. We're going to get to that in a minute, but just give us a little size and scope here right now. 
Yeah, a couple hundred billion, um, but a lot of that is kind of you know traditional distribution. Um, so we're really more of the the direct to consumer side of the industry, which is kind of specific yeah. and niche. So that's more like twenty billion. You're really stepping down, boy. It's too bad. It's tri- it's really too bad you picked a small little sliver of a market to play yeah. in. You really need to aim a little bigger, crew. A lot of people drink wine, that's for sure. But you know, it, it, there's also a lot of competition. That is, that's for sure. It is. That is for sure. Place. It's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So, okay. So, give us the thirty thousand foot view. What is wine spies? Yeah, Wine Spies is actually today the oldest flash sale site for wine. So at the very beginning, uh, 2007, there was Wine Woot. I don't know if you remember that Wait, one. Say that Woot. Woot. Yeah, that, Woot was it. the pioneer of the flash sale model, which is you know one new deal every single day. Um, and then they expanded into uh, specific categories like wine, and they were later acquired by Amazon. And then after Amazon bought Whole Foods, and then they had the uh, licensing conflict, they they wound Woot down, Wine Woot. So today, Wine Spies is the oldest flash sale model. So that means we do one different wine every 24 hours at a crazy good deal. And then Wine Spice has a couple of unique twists on it. So instead of free shipping on six, for example, we've got a locker system. So you can buy one bottle, two bottles as a matter at a time, and then uh, aggregate your purchases together into a single shipment. Um, and that works really, really well for people, especially with the one different wine a day model. Oh, that's great. I love that you call it a locker. I don't know why there's something about that name, locker. Yeah, it, you know, we agonized over it and we couldn't decide on it. I haven't told anybody this, but the way we ended up <laughs> picking it was we had a fish tank in, at headquarters that had a couple <laughs> different sides and we wrote the different names that we were thinking of the candidates on each side of the fish tank and then whichever whichever side the fish went to, <laughs> we <laughs> that's the one we went with. So, lockers oh, it is. Wow. Yeah. We literally <laughs> let the universe decide for you. Yeah. <laughs> we left it up to the agent fishes. That's awesome. So, okay. So, you, you're obviously, you said roughly 20 billion is the direct to consumer model. Um, now, of course, we've got the three tier system. So, for people who maybe aren't that savvy with the alcohol sales and distribution laws, regulations, let's not go too deep in the rabbit hole, but what's the three tier system? Yeah, and, and I think this is a thing that most consumers don't know about, but it directly affects you. So there's a regulatory framework that requires alcohol to be sold from a wine producer, a winery, to a distributor, and then to a retailer, and then to you. So that's the three tiers there. So there's carve-outs for a producer to basically, you know, it's kind of ridiculous if you go to wine country and you're at a tasting room, and and the, and then the person that made the wine is not allowed to sell it to you. It doesn't make any sense. So there's carve outs, there's carve outs for that. Um, but you know, again, you said not get too far into the weeds, but this goes all the way back to, to prohibition. Um, and even further back to when basically manufacturers owned the bars themselves, whiskey and beer manufacturers. And so it cr- kind of created a, a, a monopolies early on. And so these days, um, that's just that's simply not a concern. And yet it's really, really heavily favored distributors and wholesalers because everything has to go through them and that they have 
that profit markup, which it's a lot harder for a producer with all their costs involved of making wine itself. Um, so they've they've really become an incredibly powerful lobby, um, and oh, still no to doubt. This, this day, just you know, entrench their position and make yeah, it no hard doubt. Like you say, it's a multi multi billion dollar organization or industry. So now you've got the lobbyists there. So good luck, you know, changing that system. You better just figure out how to operate in it and be successful. So you had probably a couple different ideas in mind, right? You could have gone with kind of an off-the-shelf kind of distribution system, but instead you came up with this concept. Oh, it's not a new concept, but you came up with your version, right, of an e-com platform. So tell us how you built it, why you built it versus kind of this traditional distribution model. This was actually one of the best decisions the the founder, uh, Agent Red, ever made. He decided to, to build it himself because uh, there's really, you know, wine is a super niche product that has specific needs. And if you think about it, you know, every single wine bottle is 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 a different product. You know, 2017, you know, Napa Valley uh, Emerald Vineyard Cabernet is different from the 2018 Emerald Vineyard Napa Valley. And it's got different scores, different story, different history. Um, and so market merchandising each of those products is incredibly difficult. Most companies have, you know, 20 SKUs. Wine Spice has a revolving cast of 2,000 different SKUs. So we constantly have to merchandise new wines, create a new write-up, and then a new sale for every single day that we'll, we'll run a wine product. Uh, so off-the-shelf e-commerce software simply didn't exist in 2007. And even today, with things like Shopify and Big Commerce, those off-the-shelf products really, really fail to do a, the job that a wine e-commerce company needs. So uh, we built it ourselves, and there's some some big trade-offs there. The benefit is is that you know we have this workflow on the back end that we could literally run this company and have in the past with two people, um, which is quite remarkable. Yeah. When, when you consider the labor problems that all companies have, I mean that's my day job. You're right, yeah. just solving those kind of problems, and when you eliminate that. HR issue. Wow. Yep. And from, and from a, and from a, you know, a, a, a business standpoint, because we're, we're a discounter. I mean, it's kind of like the promise of the companies. We're going to have the best price in the world on that wine that day. You know, the margins are slim. And so being able to keep, um, you know, wage percentages much lower than they would be at a typical company is, is necessary for the company's success ultimately. But, you know, you mentioned the company culture. When you have a super small team, you guys are really tight knit, especially when you're seeing success and you just have like, we actually have a lot of fun doing what we do. And I think it's really hard to do that when you've got a, you know, 20, 50, hundred person company. I mean, I'd love to help you get there. Yeah, no, no, me too. I mean, listen, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll try it. I mean, listen, no, but to to your point, it is, um, it does simplify. But it also makes each hire you make so critical because any ride, I mean, it's just because they take such a big portion of your time and energy. Okay, so talk a little bit more about this e-com platform now. So you've got one wine, one flash sale per day. So kind of take us a little bit behind the scenes of the operation, how the next wines are staggered, the marketing is built out. That's super fascinating. Then I'd love to hear a little bit more about the, the front end. Right. How are you building that marketplace, bringing more people in? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's actually I mean, this is the, the fun part of the job is 
trying all of these different wines and the, the product pipeline is insane. I'm surprised you're sober for this call. <laughs> well, actually today is the tasting day. So we, we meet once a week and we do all of our, of our tastings on all of the, the candidates that we see. But you know, if you're a wine spies operative and, and I've got, I, I'm not just, not a sales pitch. I've got a lot of customers that are just friends and family because they like, Oh, well, these are actually really, really good wines at a great price. So that we deliver on that promise and the way that we're able to have good wines every single day is we have to try a lot of different wines. So our, our, you know, our merchandising pipeline, it's like a 60 day lead time getting samples. And then on any given week, we'll maybe have as many as 40 different wines to taste, you know, of which we need to basically pick seven. Right. So um, you know, it, it, the, the effort that goes into sourcing and now we're at a scale too, where a lot of people come to us because we move a lot of wine. So it was definitely a different challenge in the earlier days, but still it takes a lot of work by our wine buying team. So we get the wines, we taste the wines. Um, we genuinely only sell wines that we love. Um, but you know, it's great to have a panel because you've got all these different palettes that are representative. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you know, once we've basically said yes on the quality of the wine, because that's the first hurdle it has to clear, then, you know, we go and negotiate because then it has to, the next hurdle is the economic hurdle. So once we, and we're always looking for a wine that has a story. So it might be like an insane discount, like a 70% off. It might be an incredibly famous winemaker. It might be a 99 point score. Um, you know, but there has to be something there that is worth writing an email about. And that's really, really important. And we'll take a pass on it. We'll take a pass on a wine. If, even if the price is right and the wine is good, if there's just nothing to say about it. So, so you're really that, looking for that. Why? So you really yeah. are a, a marketing company. I mean, you have, it's your, well, I mean, what are you? Are you, yeah. are you an IT company? Are you marketing? It's a really, really good question. And I would say we have two core competencies, which is we really are a tech company, the wine spies platform. And we actually just released our app last week, uh, which is completely built from the ground oh, up. That's cool. Yep. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's rocket fast. There's some really exciting new features that we're going to be pushing out. Soon. What's the name of the app? Just wine spies? It's, just wine spies. it's on the, it's just, it's on iOS right now and Android's coming soon. Okay. Um, but you know, so we, we are an actual tech company that, that, that develops a product, um, that is really unparalleled. So, and that requires product management and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we're a really, really good, uh, e-com marketing company. And, you know, we use very, you know, all the modern techniques, um, that, that a successful company that uses to reach people, but the copywriting is key. You know, we have to write really, really engaging content and we get feedback all the time that, you know, it's just like, I love reading your emails every day, even if it's a wine that I'm not interested in, cause I don't like Grenache. I read the email cause it's a fun email. Um, and so being able to do that. 365 days a year and keep it fresh. You know, I think that's a skill set in itself. I mean, just think about that for a minute. 365. Yep. Well, and then yesterday we had four different wines because we had four sellouts. And so it's not just 365. You know, yesterday right. was four different uh, emails that we sent. So so do you have a, a, a writer on staff or is that something that just kind of rotates around? Yeah, so we've got, so our chief marketing officer is our primary copywriter, um, but he really kind of writes the punchy sales copy. Uh, and then our wine buyers uh, also contribute on every single wine and they kind of write the more hard wine aspect of it. Yeah, um, that and that, that, that's the other thing is that if you're a wine guy, you know, like there's a lot of dry, snobby wine writing out there. 
Um, but you might appreciate the nerdy details. And so we do a really good job of covering both sides of it. The people that want the, the nerdy information, we have it on every single one. But then if you, you know, if you really just want to basically just have a fun time getting the highlights and not take it too seriously, you know, we also come at it from that approach. Yeah, I could just see so many different angles you can take with that because you've got the the newbie who's coming in all mm-hmm. the way up to the foodie, you know, yep. and, and how do you kind of cater in one email to handle, look, a, an enormous marketplace of people that you're adding to your platform. And, and you're so right about that. We, we genuinely do have both sides of that market. So we sell, you know, icon level wines. Last week we had the height sellers, which is, you know, literally just what, you know, basically Napa's, you know, premier wineries. So at a crazy price. So if you're a very serious wine collector that's paying a hundred, you know, plus dollars a bottle, we have those wines, but we're also a great platform for, for newer people that are starting to take wine more seriously. All of the Pinots that we had yesterday were 20 bucks a bottle. So that's a pretty accessible price point. But the thing is, is because we sell wines that are genuinely delicious every day, then, you know, even if you don't know that much about wine, it's a great place to just start buying stuff because you know, it's going to be good. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I think I like Pinot. I think I like this. And because we have that super detailed information about the wine, you get to learn along the way. So it really is great for, I would say, not people that are, you know, just start drinking wine. Cause yeah, I mean, like if you're spending 25 bucks a bottle, you probably already like wine. Um, but it's a really good place if you don't know that much about it and are starting to get into it or a very serious wine collector. And, you know, you just want to fuel your habit for cheaper. Mm-hmm. Well, because you know, quality and you also know, Hey, eventually, you know, there is a budget associated with it. Yep. Well, I could see it be kind of cool too, is that, you know, you, you, you get your wine, you know, you fill up your locker, you get to the amount where you get some kind of a discount or something from shipping, or I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine that's the advantage of having the locker that there's some kind of a break. Uh, it's free. So if you, that's okay, the problem. There you the go. Locker. There's that, there's <laughs> yeah. the break, right? The yeah. locker fills up and it's free. Exactly. But then you get the wine and then you can go back and look at the detailed write-up. As you're experiencing, as you're drinking it. And I think that's probably kind of a fun experiential side of it is like, hey, are you noticing this? Are you tasting this? Are you seeing those notes? Right. That's kind of a. Oh, yeah. That's why people love that because they can go in their order history. They can search for the wine that they bought. And then when they're drinking it, they can pull up that sale and see all that information. So, yeah. And, and, and frankly, you know, some of our competitors, they just don't have that, that really, really detailed information. Um, you know, and, and we'll write as much as 1500 words a day on it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's staggering. I mean, I'm in, you know, I do digital marketing too, and there's just so much, you know, effort that goes into the written word. Um, other than selling the wine for the uh, manufacturer, I'm kind of curious, what is your sales pitch to them? What are what else do you offer them other than yes, we're selling X number of cases for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, especially now it's 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 increasingly easier because we've got a huge audience and people know that. So, you know, at the beginning, you know, really the the primary pitch was, hey, you know, we're going to sell a lot of wine in one day and, and we'll write you a big fat check. And, you know, the wine industry, it really is kind of seasonal and cyclical. People think that you know, flash sale sites, oh, this is just, you know, kind of, you know, bottom of, uh, of the bin type stuff that can possibly be farther from the truth. There's many different reasons why a winery um, wants to wants to work with a flash retailer like us. 
you know, it's not just the, the short-term check, which is obviously a big one. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of times like you've got a whole marketing machine as a winery when you've got the tasting room, you've got distribution. And when you get to the end of a vintage and you've got, you know, 40, 50 cases left of this one skew and you want to move to the next one, you have to start early to give all of those, all of those distributors, the new skew so they can update the vintage on the, on the uh, menu, for example, at all the restaurants that you're at, that takes time. And so you really have to switch over to the next vintage you know, while you were on the last vintage. So end of vintage is a big one. Um, but nowadays, yeah, wine spies, you know, people like it's a great place for people that might not know your brand to, to find, to find your brand. Um, you know, and hundreds of thousands of people, um, are going to get that impression. So yeah, now, now people definitely recognize that and the checks are bigger than ever, obviously. So that's pretty powerful and compelling message for wineries these days. And it's, it's a lot easier to, to work with people. Well, you mentioned something about the big fat check at the end of it. I know in some some industries like cars or there's other kind of you know expensive assets, the the seller doesn't actually purchase the product right away. Yeah. Right, it's kind of a um, floor plan. There's a, a technique there where yeah, you have it counts as inventory, but you haven't actually bought it yet. Mm-hmm. Is that does that kind of exist in this space or do you legitimately have to buy everything they have and then you have to sell it yourself? Yeah, no, that is the case. There's actually uh, like there's laws against it. You can't sell wine on consignment technically. Okay. That would be wine on consignment. Okay. So you can't do that. You have to, you have to to pay for it. You can still have an invoice with, with terms. So we're, we're net 30. Gotcha. Um, That's kind of the flow. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that and that's obviously very helpful if we can place that sale. Um, but you know, there's a, we do thirty percent imports, and sometimes the lead times on those products are six months. Um, but we we do you know over twenty five in, uh, inventory turns a year, so you know that's it's pretty remarkable. I mean, uh, the the inventory issue you know is that that you most companies would have if you're cutting a hundred thousand dollar POs. You know, it's, it's just not the case for us because we, we, you know, we basically sell all the wine on that order that day, most of the time. So, yeah. Well, okay. So that just bring up a kind of interesting point. So what happens if after the flash sale, there's something left? What do you do? Do you just. Yeah, we do have, so we have two things. We do have a, a little store section and I even made the decision to put it in a separate section of the site. Like it, it'd probably be you know, a little bit more visible, but you, you know, you have to click on the menu and separately move over to the store. And, you know, if you click there right now, I'm just looking, you know, three cases left, three cases left, 15 bottles left. So they move really, really, really fast. Um, and, you know, again, yesterday we had four different wines and all of them sold out. So, you know, even though it might be possible to go and find a wine that was offered as a flash sale, featured sale that day, you know, it's, it may or may not sell out. So you can't just count on it's going to be in the store. And then the other really cool feature that we have is called the vault. Um, and that is the opportunity for $20. You get to buy one vault bottle for every new locker that you open up. And it's basically a, a, a roll of the we, uh, a roll of the wheel. <laughs> Probably not allowed to say it like that, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, you get a different, you did different reward um, based on a, a randomized tier. We publish all of the odds and you can live and we take our entire inventory and we put it in the vault. So all the ex- ex- extremely expensive bottles so are in there. Kind of yeah. like uh, going to Vegas, you know, maybe. <laughs> yes, but we do not gamble. <laughs> so okay. it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is, uh, you basically get an upgrade for your money. Um, 
So it's That's it's really cool. it's pretty cool. And honestly, it's all it's one of our bigger people people love it that get it. You're taking a risk because you might get you know like a fifteen dollar bottle. And obviously, in order for it to work, there's going to be a lot more common tier ones. But the percentages are published um, on the site, and you know, and you can genuinely get a $250 bottle for 20 bucks through that. And it's very frustrating to me because people that get the common, you know, a common bottle on their first try, they're like, oh, well, this wasn't worth it. I'm like, well, you can't, you can't just win every time. It wouldn't. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> we're talking odds. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's percentages. And, and just, just to close the loop on that, the reason that we did it, it actually, it really honestly is a break even feature for us. But the reason we have it is to move through the one and like one and two bottle lots of inventory that we have. Because once you get that low, it's really, really hard to make sure that that bottle is actually sitting on the shelf there. Because we've got so many thousands of different SKUs, it's just really hard to keep track of one bottle. And so um, with this, it's just an opportunity for us to clear out those really, really small small inventory lots and it works great for that yeah you just put them in the vault and then all right right, here's the customer into the vault pull one out and here we go exactly so you've obviously you've got a vision for the future and how this platform could be expanded what are you thinking this could evolve into yeah we're, we're we've so our next major feature set that we're releasing is definitely going to be the the biggest thing that we've ever done in terms of uh, re-envisioning the whole model. Um, so it, it, we're going to be adding a subscription um, program. This is a big, this is a big sneak preview. Haven't, haven't shared nice. this one publicly yet. So you get nice. the Here we go. It. Breaking news here on breaking news. Uh, and we, we, it's going to, you know, I've found that development cycles take a lot longer than you anticipate. So very much hoping to get this out in the first quarter of next year. Um, but it's going to be called special access, which is, uh, the highest, um, seek, uh, security clearance in the United States government. So it's going to be called special access program. It'll be a subscription model. Um, and essentially right now we allow you to store up to two lockers. So you can have 24 bottles or two cases stored indefinitely with us. You're going to basically have a subscription model and you're going to pay for additional storage. So you're going to have expanded lockers. But with that, you're going to have a lot more functionality in terms of like moving which bottles are in which lockers. And it'll essentially be a lot more like, you know, a virtual seller type situation. Um, And and I, I think one of my key things from the subscription model is I really, really don't want to have people feel like this is a freemium model where, you know, all of the best features are paywalled. I want it to feel like you're paying us a subscription fee for a specific service that has cost. So when, when, you know, if we have 20 cases of your wine, we're paying for that storage. And so that is a service that we're providing you. And I really want to, I want, I want, I want to have the, the subscription have an understandable, tangible value to it rather than just saying like, oh, you like this genius thing? Well, you have to pay for it. You know, otherwise, you know, you, you, you just get the free features. I hate it when apps do that. So I, I don't want to do that because we have, we have customers that have been with us for 15 years and I want to continue to innovate for them. So this model, this platform that you've built that you have just unveiled, you've got a new plan for maybe first quarter next year. Could, do you envision getting into other beverages? 
Yeah. Yeah. Actually. So spirit spies is on the, on the agenda. Um, it's a little bit more complicated to do spirits because of the, of the regulations. So it'll be California only. Mm. Um, but the, it's funny enough, the fastest way to do, uh, e-commerce is to get a producer's license, make a tiny amount of spirits to meet the legal quota. And then you, unlike, unlike wine and beer, you have to have a brick and mortar. So we're going to have a secret spy headquarter tasting room, which is, going to be like a like a like a 1960s you know mid-century mod cia headquarter office oh, that's cool and we're not even going to publicize it so it's going to be in the know only and you know secret code and all that kind of speakeasy vibes speakeasy uh, total vibe there yes. yeah so and then and then that will allow us to essentially clone the wine spy site and do spirit spies so uh, what are the obstacles to say beer this kind of model for that uh, beer is just very heavy and the price point is not remotely there. So, you know, you've got, you know, like you don't, you a, a beer, you know, get a 12 pack, it weighs yeah. 40 pounds, you know, to, it, yeah, it's just, you just, you just don't pay enough for it. There's yeah, just, yeah, just, just not, there's, there's not, not enough margins point. in there. Yeah. yeah. You, just, you, you can't do that. That makes sense. Um, Spirits though, there is, there's a lot of the, 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 the um, opportunity there is that, there's a lot of boutique spirits producers that it's incredibly hard to get distribution on for them because, you know, people go to a bar and they order what they know. Let me get a Jack and Coke, you know, and so the distributors are just set up to sell as many handles of Jack Daniels as they possibly can not to launch new brands. And it takes a lot of money to launch a successful new spirits brand. That doesn't stop people from wanting to make spirits brands. So consequently, there's, you know, hundreds of boutique spirits brands that you never heard of and they have no route to market. Right. Um, and there you are. Yeah. You're the perfect outlet for them. Yep. Well, you're talking about spirits and I've noticed a huge push, not just in beer with the non-alc, but mm -hmm. there's also a, a huge push for uh, non-alc in, in spirits. What do you, uh, is this something that you are kind of seeing and experiencing? Is that I mean, the numbers, the numbers definitely bear it out. Um, NA, non-alcoholic and, and low alc are, are huge growing categories. Uh, the wine press always picks up on new trends. BevAlk always does this. They're like thousand percent growth in this category. It's like, well, yeah, because they sold nothing last year. And now they sold slightly more than nothing this year. So I, I definitely think that low alk and no alk are, are here to stay and will continue to grow and become more popular. Um, but I, I don't see, I don't see it become like as the threat that some people allege that it is. Personally, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of low alk, low, low alk and and uh, no alk products when they're good. Um, it seems to me that the beer is really there. There's some fantastic non-alcoholic beers. Our uh, our headquarters directly across the street from the actual Lagunitas production facility, which is fun because they always roll out. It's like their testing ground for for new stuff. Um, but they, there's some really, really good non-alc beers out there. Uh, you know, low-alc spirits and stuff. There's so many ways to do that because you're essentially making something that is, is a flavored product. Wine is totally different. You know, the, there's I think, I think the eventual attempts that will be successful are the companies that are making like fake synthetic wine from scratch. Right. without the alcohol but currently everyone who takes it seriously is trying to make ferment grapes and then de-alcoholize it and they they never ever they're seldom even good some of so the white wines them? are good oh yeah I, I always try to get my hands on whatever i can but the red wines way far off and if you drink red wine you don't want a bad red wine you know 
Yeah, I, I would think that just there it's there's it's too rich. There's way too much there that gets stripped out. I mean, it's, exactly. It, it took beer a long time to get there. Yep. A long time. And as they've gotten better at their crafting, yeah. You know. that, 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 that's, that's exactly right. It took beer a long time to figure it out. I mean, O'Doul's has been around forever. And I was like, all right, you know what I mean? I mean, if you like a good beer, you just you just don't gravitate to an O'Doul's. No, and but now there's, you know, like IPAs, which, oh, which yeah. are non-alcohol, low-alcohol. They're genuinely, they're delicious. Yeah, they're Sometimes good. Sometimes they don't taste perfectly like it but they're they're on their own they're just a delicious beverage and that's just not the case with de-alked wine and then the other thing is is that a lot of times the reason that it becomes a non-alcoholic wine in the first place is because someone made some bad wine and they're like oh what the hell do we do with this let's do right let's just strip it out and call it something else (laughs) right not take a total loss on this uh that's really cool i it's a it's just so much fun you know discovering a new brand and the way companies are, you know, figuring out ways to get to market. I think this is a, it's just a great concept again for your consumers at all different levels, no matter where they are, they can get what they want. And then of course, for the, for the manufacturers, I mean, they're all looking for new ways to, to distribute and get it out. And look, you're doing a lot of the hard work for them. I mean, yeah, that, no, we I do. mean, literally they probably take your write-ups Yep. and, and like, Hey, we, we, we should use this. It was so well-written. All the time. Yeah, you know, you know you're right. I mean, it, it is one of those uh, Michael Scott of The Office. It's a win, 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 win. <laughs> <laughs> we all win. <laughs> oh, that's a good. I haven't heard his name in a while. That's good. So what's the best way for people to reach out to you, crew, uh, online, and then to find, to find the company, maybe check out this e-com platform if they're not already, if not, not already heard of it? Yeah, winespies.com is the place to go. Uh, if you really want to reach out to me, I'm not hard to find, even though I'm a secret agent, agent crew at winespies.com. So uh, yeah, the, but check it out, man. I mean, I think it's, it's uh, if you're even remotely into wine, you will be very happy with the service. That's awesome. Well, I hope everyone does get a chance to check it out and um, kind of will stay tuned for these new things coming up with uh the expanded lockers, the uh, subscription models, and who knows what else. Hey, this has been great, Tony. Thanks so much for having me on Winning at Work. Hey, man. Great, great having you. Thanks for coming by.